Hey there, it's Kate. This week I am rebroadcasting some episodes about animals because focusing on our furry, feathered friends gives us an opportunity to get out of our own heads and brings out our better instincts. So I hope you enjoy these episodes. What if you could become a better person, not by working harder, but by taking one small step a day? And not because you're a bad person now, but because there's something inside you that's ready for more. How to be a better person gives you one tiny step a day you can take to be the person you want to be. My mission, to help you live your best life. Hi, and welcome to How to Be a Better Person. I'm Kate, your host and author of the book, How to Be a Better Person. This week on the podcast, I'm talking about easy and important ways to take care of animals, whether that's a pet or the pollinators and birds that pass through your yard. Animals can really bring out our better instincts and give us an opportunity to get out of our own heads and thinking about our own problems. Plus, they're cute. And I think late winter is prime time for a little cute infusion when our spirits could go for some lifting. Today, I'm talking with Jody Helmer, who runs the Naughty Donkey Farm Sanctuary outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. Over the last few years, Jody and her husband Jerry have taken in dozens of animals of all kinds. Jody is also the author of several books, including Protecting Pollinators and Growing Your Own Tea Garden. And Jody is someone I've known for a really, really long time. So by talking to her today, I get to catch up with her as well. And so I'm extra excited. Jody, welcome. It's great to have you. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. I've known you a long time as a writing colleague. You've written for more magazines than I can count on my fingers and toes and almost as many books. How did you, Jody Helmer, writer extraordinaire, come to be the proud owner of an animal rescue with how many animals are you caring for? <laughs> the uh, population at the sanctuary fluctuates. I think we're at about 48 oh, right wow. now all in animals. Okay. And you know, like all good things, it completely started by accident. So Jerry and I met at the dog park about 15 years ago, and we each had rescue dogs. And we knew each other for a year, started dating. And when we moved in together, we started fostering animals, fostering dogs. And we would have this sort of rotating menagerie of dogs that came in and out on their way from the shelter to the forever homes and they stayed with us. And it was something that we really enjoyed doing. And when we moved out to the farm about five years ago, we had more space. And so we added more animals. <laughs> and Nature abhors a vacuum, right? <laughs> right. At first it was just a hobby. You know, we had a couple of chickens and a couple of goats in addition to our dogs but once people learn that you rescue animals, you start to get a lot of calls about animals in need. And so it continued growing and growing, and we continued adding more and more animals. And last year, we decided that we would make it official and become a 501c3 nonprofit organization. And so that's how we ended up here. Oh, I love it. And where did the name Naughty Donkey come from? <laughs> so... We have a naughty donkey. His name is Waylon Jennings. <laughs> and he was fairly close to feral when we first rescued him. He was um, rescued from a kill pen. He was going to be sold off for meat. And 
when he got here, he didn't have the best manners. And we had friends come over with their toddler and she was trying to feed the goats and he kept poking his nose in. And she said, no, no, not for you. You're a naughty gonkey. She kept calling him the naughty gonkey. (laughs) And so he just became the naughty donkey. And when we were looking for a name for the sanctuary, naughty donkey stuck. I love it. Do you think caring for animals has made you a better person? And if so, how? That's such a good question. I think it's made me a different person. When you're involved in rescue, you often see things that you wish you didn't see and sometimes the worst of humanity. Mm. But I think that it's also made me more empathetic to situations that people end up in that force them to rehome their animals. And for a lot of people, that's a really hard thing. To some people, of course, animals are disposable and they drop them off without a second thought. But for other people, their animals coming to rescue is a part of a very difficult time in their life or a very difficult journey for them. And it's really made me be more mindful of people's place in life and what we can do to lift people up and support them when they're going through a hard time and to be more just empathetic and understanding about the different paths that we all have to travel. Right. And what about the animals themselves? I mean, you interact with animals so much more frequently than the average person does. Is there something about spending that much time with them that's changed you? Yeah, I I don't think you can be involved in rescue and not be changed in some way. And at one point, I had said that rescue has made me harder and softer in equal measure. Mm. And I think that that's really true. You have to be, I think you have to just have a, a big heart and a lot of compassion to do this work. I also think the big heart and a lot of compassion is what gets you into trouble in this work. Mm-hmm. But interacting with animals all day, especially here, we take in a lot of senior and special needs animals. And so our interactions are probably maybe more intense or hands-on than in other rescues. And it really has taught me a lot about resilience and how these animals, some of them have come from the worst situations and they, they don't let it break them. They're so resilient. They bounce back. They really appreciate all of the things from just being out in the sunshine sometimes. A lot of them have been, you know, in confinement situations. And so every little thing that they encounter from a really tasty treat to a good day in the sunshine and the safety of a warm place to be and regular food and love, they just absorb all of that. And so it makes you, I think, more appreciative or more. Uh, builds a greater realization that those smaller things are really a big deal to other people and they should be more front and center for us too. Mm. I've got a couple more questions for you, but I have to take a quick break. And we're back. So Jody, what has opening the farm sanctuary and inviting all these sweet animals into your space and tending to their needs taught you about caregiving itself? That's a really good question. I think the one thing that I've learned about caregiving is that it's really all consuming. You know, when someone is depending on you to meet their needs, 
it's not a nine to five gig. And because it's not a nine to five gig, because it's really all consuming, I feel like you really need to have a team. And I'm very fortunate to be doing this with a great partner who cares about the animals as much as I do. And I think that allows for a little more ease than it would be if I was taking it on myself, because this really, you never know when you're going to get a call about an animal in need and have to drop everything to go get them. You never know when an animal is going to fall ill and you need to be, you know, giving yourself completely to them. But there's, you know, when that happens, there's still a bunch of other animals that need care. And so it's helpful to have two. So I feel like it's really, uh, it's really important to have a team and a partner because it's, there's no off switch for this. Well, that leads to my next question, which is how do you and your husband keep yourselves charged up? You know, where, where's your self-care in all this? So I'm a little embarrassed to admit that we're, we're really terrible about it. <laughs> I think, and I have said this to myself and I've said this to him, I think that we sometimes get so involved in caring for everybody else that we forget to care for ourselves or there's no time left to care for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not as good about self-care as I could be. And I'm really recognizing that compassion fatigue is real and the rate of burnout in rescue is high. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I haven't quite figured out. And adding the element of the nonprofit has been interesting because you know, before it was me working full time and then us tag teaming on the animals and we were self-funding the entire thing. And when we decided to make it a nonprofit, what I didn't realize was that we were adding in a completely separate business Mm. and all of the things that come along with that. And so I would say it's more complex and all consuming than I ever realized. Not that I would trade it, but I do feel like I could do a much better job of being a caregiver for myself and for our human family so that we can continue to have the energy and the bandwidth to take care of the animals. Right. Well, you know, you can't, I do think that self-care can be this like directive or yet this other thing. It's almost like a status symbol. How are you taking care of yourself? And me asking that is not in any way intended to make you feel that way. Sometimes self-care, quite honestly, I think can be like letting yourself not worry about self-care for a little bit. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And just trusting that when it becomes a real need that you'll know and you'll recognize it and you'll then be motivated to figure out how to do it, you know? Absolutely. So for anyone who is listening, who's thinking about rescuing some kind of animal, and I love that we can hear a dog barking in the background that is very on brand for the Naughty Donkey Farm Sanctuary. That's Mavis. She's blind and she panics when she can't see me. Oh, Mavis. Well, she can't see me anytime, but she she (laughs) panics when she doesn't know where I am. (laughs) What advice do you have for folks who are thinking about rescuing some kind of animal, whether it's just like a dog or they're kind of having a moment like you and Jerry did when you realize that maybe you want to take this a little further? I will say there is so much need. And if you are not in a position where you can rescue an animal because you have, you know, landlord restrictions or other things going on, you know, there's always an opportunity to volunteer with a rescue. You can go and walk a dog for a morning. You can go clean cages at the shelter and interact with the animals there you know, those are all really, really important things. If you want to step it up and foster, it's a great way to 
get animals out of the shelter and into a home environment so they can decompress and start to show their personalities and get one step closer to adoption. And then, you know, if you want to go all in and start a sanctuary or some kind of animal rescue, there's need for that too. There's, I cannot tell you how many calls and emails and texts we get every day about some animal somewhere that needs some help. And it's everything from gerbils and roosters to dogs and alpacas. There's just no shortage of opportunities to get involved in some way. And if being hands-on with an animal isn't your jam, definitely follow animal rescues, share posts, help network animals that are in need of rescue and adoption. Because the more that we can spread the word and the more people we can get animals in front of who need forever homes, the more we can do to get them out of bad situations and into, you know, into their good families. Mm, I love it. Such good advice. For folks who'd like to learn more about the farm and see photos of Wayland Jennings and maybe get a glimpse of your husband, Jerry, wearing a dog in a baby carrier, which are my personal favorites, <laughs> where can they do that? We are on Facebook at Naughty Donkey Farm Sanctuary and on Instagram at Naughty Donkey Farm. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Jody. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's Kate back with your tiny assignment. Jody was mentioning a lot of ways to support animal rescues, something I also talked about in yesterday's episode. What's one thing you can commit to doing? Can you go follow a local rescue on social media and share their posts to help those animals find their forever homes? Could you maybe send them a donation? If you're up for more, could you donate some of your time to walk dogs or clean cages? Just think about it and know that every little thing you do whether it's a shared social media post or a donated $10, makes a big difference and helps those folks keep going. Thanks for listening to How to Be a Better Person. Our theme song is Left for Deadish by Junior85. The podcast is mixed by Sound Advice Strategies. If you liked what you heard in this episode, share it with someone you think would like it too. Your voice matters. Also, How to Be a Better Person has an official newsletter that sends the past seven episodes a sneak peek of the week ahead, and one well-chosen meme to your inbox every Saturday morning. Sign up at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com and click on Get Podcast News. I also love to hear from listeners. I mean, I love it. Send me an email by clicking on the Contact Kate button at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com. Tweet me at Kate Han, K-A-T-E-H-A-N, or find me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. I look forward to connecting with you. 